1: Welcome everybody, Friday edition of the Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. It's the coach and the big dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. Of course, it is a football Friday. Here we'll play Beat the Schmoes, talk about some uh, scintillating, exciting college football games. David Olsen, I know you've uh, broken down the potato bowl and you'll give us, what, about 12 seconds of analysis of that big game. As the college bowl season starts uh, tomorrow. So we'll talk a lot of football. We'll get off the uh, sports page as well as we normally do. Got a couple of esteemed guests who we will introduce in about the 12 and a half seconds. And, uh, of course, the lead story, which hit pretty much David Olsen, pretty much right after our show yesterday. Right, We didn't break it on our show.
0: No, no, no. The story came out about eleven thirty or so
1: yesterday okay. morning. All right. So, do you think the federal agents realized that our show was on and didn't want to interrupt uh, because they, you know, they're tuning. They're probably listening to our show. And I appreciate the fact that they did not interrupt our show because it would have thrown us off yesterday. They waited till thirty minutes after our show was over. The lead story we'll talk about, folks, and uh, you want you want to chime in, we would love to hear some conversation on it. 888-463-6748. And that, of course, is Bear Wide Receiver Sam Hurd and the drug uh, bust, I guess you could say. Yes, David.
0: And the bust uh, took place about a mile and a half from my house.
1: Yeah, at uh, what steakhouse in Rosemont? Uh, I thought it was at the Starbucks in Rosemont. Oh, I I heard it was a steakhouse. Or it was Longhorn Steakhouse then? Hold on, Bensonville Tony. It was Longhorn's?
2: morton's and yeah Oakley. morton's
1: morton's okay. yeah come on longhorn that's like come well, let's on let's say it's you know a the drug morton's deal like Rose that you gotta go a oh,
0: higher clientele okay so it was two miles from my house i thought it was a starbucks over by the all-state arena
1: morton's <laughs> morton's a much better cut of steak at starbucks that would have been weak so right in your backyard that's right all right but you have not uh your name has not been bandied about in the allegations david my attorney has advised me not to say anything at this
3: time. Yeah, yeah, uh, working work eight hours a week. Uh, I mean, eight hours a day, and he's doing half a ton of weed moving. That's not bad. I mean, that's no more. Most of the time, guys are moving that much. You know, you know, product, it can be done. Whatever, it, a four-hour
1: job. It can be done. We welcome in my good partner, the Big Dog, Joel Radwanski, Big Dog. I've been informed by David Olson you were allowed to use the uh, the word allegedly today nine times. If you go over the limit of nine, you will be fined by the community of uh, Park Ridge and the folks here at TalkZone.com. So be careful. Uh, nine uses of allegedly. You go over the limit, your voice will be silent. Sorry to, well, sorry to say.
3: Well, well think about it. fine Sandusky, AAU, Sam Heard. There's no way I can only use the word allegedly eight more times during this. Uh, I'm sorry,
1: those broadcast. are the rules I just present them to you, I don't create them But uh, Big Dog, why don't we why don't you welcome you in, in our audience uh, Via the live webcast are seeing a couple of uh, strange faces in the studio We have, and Big Dog, want you to welcome along with me We have Rolling Meadows Jim and Bensonville Tony A couple of fans of the show And Rolling Meadows Jim, Big Dog, you met At the Schaumburg Flyers Remote Remember we had a little bit of outing last year At the uh, Flyers game? Was that last year? Two years, ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. There you Speaking go. Speaking of the mic, there, Rolling Meadows, Jim. But but Rolling Meadows, Jim, you, uh, um,
4: we, we, uh, Joe, you and I had talked about the uh, book called The uh, Double Cross.
3: Oh yes, we, with with uh, the one that uh, Chuck Giancana wrote about. Sam wow. Giancana.
4: Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I happened to, at that day I brought the book with me because I did not know if it was you or the coach that had talked about it. But the coach immediately grabbed the book out of my hands. <laughs> All right, and kept it in his well, uh, in his place for almost two years. So I'm charging okay. him
1: rental costs. To be correct, first I grabbed the hot dog, <laughs> then the beer, and third the book. But Big Dog, when well, we've got the book in studio here, because after one year, two year rental fee, I'm finally returning it to a Rolling Meadows, gym. But that double cross book that you recommended to our entire vast audience,
3: yes, yeah.
1: no laugh track with the word vast. Thank you very much. Um, that that book was un. Believable, one of the most engrossing reads I've, I've uh, ever read, and I know you're a big fan of the Double Cross book.
3: Well, yeah, I'm not a fan of the people they're talking about, but <laughs> light needs to be shed on the fact that things like this have happened in the United States of America and continue to happen in the United States of America. So it basically, the 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 mafia, not just Italian, but other Russian, Chinese, have a lot more con- influence yeah. and control over politics than we might uh, give credit to, or even to seriously, coach.
1: That's oh. the most ridiculous thing. I don't think they have any influence on radio. I don't think they would affect our show. We can speak out again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
1: uh, well, Big Doe, we got a little double cross of another sort uh, that happened and gotta get your take on it here, and I know you've got plenty of takes on it. And um just an unbelievable story. It broke about a half an over half an hour. After our show yesterday, similar to the Jerry Sandusky thing when it first broke, I would think you'll agree with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, and it could be—it's going to be a big story. Could be huge. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, and I really do want to give Sam Hurd the benefit of the doubt. Who knows? Maybe he was kind of set up. You know, you, you never really know. You never really know. Okay, so obviously, I don't think so. What I think is he destroyed one of the greatest careers you could ever have—to be able to play in the NFL to even do anything to even come close to sacrificing and even playing a game in that league, let alone your whole career, is absolutely ass-match. If you become a football player, if that's what you want to do, you should buy a house right next to the training facility and don't leave the house until your career is done. Then about when you're like 28 and you're washed up, then go have some fun and do what Nate Newton did. Go get 10 tons of weed and, you know, become a, you know, a weed magnet. Don't do it while you're playing. I, I, I am so dumbfounded, this is so stupid. Yesterday, Lovey Smith was speaking at Hallis Hall. Guys, you got to watch him out on the field with all the press around him talking. It was like it broke my heart. You could tell Lovey Smith was devastated. Seriously, Coach. It was beyond like the football team. He's like, I have no idea what the young man was thinking. And he's he's like, obviously, every single player that's a Chicago Bear, we do background checks and stuff. He's like, none of us could ever imagine any of this could happen. And obviously... You know who could, and then the worst—I didn't even think about it. And the next, the worst question somebody could ask are any other players involved? And I was like, oh, man, what if there, you know, you know, all of a sudden now you have to think about stuff like that.
1: Well, what do you or, mean all of a sudden? You immediately,
3: yeah, think well, about that. I and Lovey
1: Smith, you know, did the you know the cover up as well? He should, and I don't mean cover up in a negative term. He said, hey, you know, you know, we're confident none of our other players are involved, but obviously um, away from the cameras they have to be concerned, as is probably other every other NFL team.
3: Yes. It's, why Why would someone be so dumb to sacrifice that? I mean, how much extra money could you make in order to be willing to sacrifice a football career? I don't get it. Remember, there was, was it wasn't Bam Morris playing for the Chiefs mm-hmm. who sold somebody six pounds of weed out in the Kansas City Chiefs Arrowhead parking lot about 20 years ago. That, that actually happened. And at the time, Bam Morris was like a guy that would get you 800 yards. As a running back, maybe in a thousand, and he's selling six pounds of weed out in the parking lot of the Arrowhead Stadium.
1: Yeah, but this this is totally di- well, not totally different. This is significantly different.
3: Yeah, one because, because Sam, uh, Van Moore's actually had the weed and was selling it, and the other one is just a guy talking about doing stuff like this.
1: Well, but the biggest because thing right is, is the, the difference is, is the quantity. Now I'm not, you know, real expertise on this. Here we brought in Benson Viltoni, who is. Uh, Long time, uh you know, a legend. There's, I only got seven left. David Olson, keep track. But you know, Benson Voltoni will keep us track of the, uh, you know, the kilos and the grams and all that kind of stuff. I'm not real familiar, but Big Dog, most of us can kind of figure out a thousand pounds of marijuana per week. Now, not that I've smoked a lot of it in the in the past, but I mean, I've felt it. And, it, and last time I checked, marijuana is not real heavy. So I'm going to take a wild guess and say a thousand pounds is one hell of a lot of wheat, and the kilos that he was uh, trying to purchase in cocaine. So the the amount and the quantity, and again, per week, is what he wanted to purchase. This thing is much huger than a lot of your normal NFL drug bust, i.e. Bam Morris.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to do the math in my head, like what a typical person that would do it a lot would smoke.
0: Okay, um, you know, not that I know it for, for you would know from experience <laughs> or anything like that. Allegedly, a typical marijuana buy. Is a quarter ounce. Oh, that my is God. A typical ounce. by
1: a quarter wow. ounce from an individual. From an individual. So the odds are, Dave, at that quantity, he's not selling to Tom Dick and Harry. He's not selling. No, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no. You say you, you sell it. You sell it by the pound. Or uh, so he's
1: selling to sellers. He sells it to sellers who okay. sell it. Yeah. It's,
0: wow. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So how, but how did Sam Hurd get so connected? Anyhow, go ahead, Big Dumb. Well, that's
3: the. Basically, exactly what David also said. So, if you think about that, he's selling, obviously he wanted to be like a kingpin in the middle of it. And now, you know, if he'd come up with a thousand pounds of marijuana, they wouldn't even care. Right when the kilo of cocaine came up, that's when the feds were like, "Oh, go, you're gonna start moving cocaine. What are you gonna start doing crack and meth after that?" Also, so that's like when all Nate Newton got busted with at least a ton of marijuana. He had like. Like bushel bags of it when they got pulled over in that van. Mm-hmm. He was in he was in prison for like three months, six months, and then he was out. Okay, all Sam heard was the conspiracy to sell cocaine, and now all of a sudden they're talking about ten years in prison for the guy if this goes. I mean, isn't it? that's, that's it's totally jacked up. Nate Newton had over a ton of weed, got three months, and this guy didn't even touch it. That's how different the feds treat cocaine as opposed to marijuana. Interesting.
1: Do I, do I hear a little bit of, of defense of a Sam Hurd coming out of the voice, or was that just more the difference between the marijuana? I, and the coke? I
3: really all I'm saying is you'd have no idea how this whole thing went down since he never possessed it or did it. You don't know if somebody else was leading him on, being like, hey, it might have been one of these feds being like, hey, we can totally get an NFL player mm-hmm. acting like he's a conspirator, and this guy could have been like, hey, Sam, I know you got the money. I can make you more. It, and who, if it went down like that, I would be like, Sam Hurt, you're an idiot, and you deserve to lose your football career, but I wouldn't want him in prison for the next 10 years over it. Interesting.
1: Bensonville, Tony, Rolling Meadows. Jim, you want to react to that a little bit? I'm a, a little slightly surprised by the reaction of a big dog, it, Joe Redwine.
3: Please feel free to disagree and give us your opinion, guys. Seriously.
4: Joe, I'm surprised that you're so knowledgeable <laughs> about this. I'm just quickly quickly doing some numbers in my head, and I'm saying – um, based upon what wet what, uh, talked about, you know, a quarter of a pound or something like that. But let's just say uh, you have 60,000 fans at Soldier Field and you uh-huh. sell a pound to every one of them, all right? Uh-huh. Look, look how much you have left that you still have to get rid of for that week. I mean, this, this number is just incredible. Well, well, if
3: you had a ton, a thousand pounds, yeah. then you would have to, you know, uh, you would, uh, that you could probably sell... Like, I don't know, like a two hundred to five different people. Uh, that's a lot. That's I half a ton. I have no idea how you get rid of that a week. That's that's unbelievable. That's the, beyond, I can't even imagine how many people you have to know. Yeah, that's like you know that's like four or five people down the line before it's like the guys selling the quarter. I mean, I, I don't know how many people it is in between. I can't even a half a, a thousand pounds a week. It, and is like, yeah, normal personal smoke, like. At eighth or a quarter a week, you know, so that's just dumb, dumbfounding to me. He wanted to be Tony Montana. So she really was trying to be like a kingpin of, of drugs. He had to.
1: Hmm. Go ahead, Jim.
4: Um, just out of curiosity, where did you get your uh, education? Was that in high school or grammar school in regards to the subject matter we're talking about?
1: Which Which education are we talking about? Um, ah, okay. Not the academic education. Not, not academic. What, not academic. That was Jim referring to. <laughs>
3: Oh, the fact that, uh,
4: that...
1: You're so knowledgeable about this. Well,
3: I, I, I did. I did go to college at some point. Books. And I had a lot of free time on my hands.
1: Research. <laughs> Reading books and research, Big Doug. Stick to that story.
3: <laughs> yes, I will. You never know who
1: could be listening. Uh, 888-463-6748. By the way, our phone number, if you want to check in, and uh, not exactly the story we wanted to lead off with today. I wanted no. to get to a little bit more joviality in the world of sports and it won't be sam hurd in the drug bust all day today but uh certainly that's the lead topic 888 the phone number big dog taking it out of the courts for just a minute and sticking to the sporting world where and obviously it's it's a guessing game but do you are you anticipating um some professional sports figures professional football players names to come out in the near or possibly distant future
3: no, 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 this is a, this is just a separate case. One guy doing something really stupid is, is what this is. I don't see this leading. I don't see, like, how when uh, the Penn State thing happened, a bunch of other sex scandals came out, which was, like, a good thing that happened, I guess, that people are be more aware that this happens. I think that's just is an isolated incident. Hmm. Uh, an athlete, a celebrity, not a celebrity, just an athlete, being, I mean, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, Coach. So the
1: kid's there, only what, 20, 20, 26. 20, 26 years old. That's pretty uh, young some to be coming realize a,
3: how good they have it. Huh? He's just, he just—he just—he's—he's he's too young to realize how great of a life oh. he has.
1: Yeah, that for sure, no doubt about it. But isn't he also a little bit young to be at that level of um, of selling of the drugs? I mean, does oh, yeah, it imply yeah, yeah.
3: I that he's not maybe he's? Because there's no 13 year old kids in the city of Chicago that are millionaires selling crack right now. That has 26 years old is plenty of time to know every single person in the world that you need to know. Think about the guy from below that Johnny Depp played. That guy was 19 years old making 100 million dollars a year. So dog has done his research.
0: Yeah, and and the and the the you know million dollar contracts that he signed and helps him front the money to keep the business going. So there
3: you go. And yeah, you've made enough money to uh, hey oh you need fifty thousand to start this up for the first week? I can do that. You know, and fifty thousand dollars you can turn into a million in a freaking weekend. So
1: You know that look that you talked about that Lovey Smith had on, on the field, the shock and just made and hurt, I think uh, you know, it, yeah, look yeah, that it, that's it was, but that's exactly the same look, legitimate. For real, not acting at all, that many of the players that Jerry Sandusky coached at Penn State, from the Matt Millins to all the uh, you know Chris Spielman's, the great linebackers that were specifically coached by Jerry Sandusky, and they looked up to this guy as you know their number one coach, their number one mentor. When they found out this would happen, that was the same look on their faces, Big Doug. So it's kind of sad to see uh, you know human beings who who have put such trust and belief in certain individuals, and then they let them down in a, a shocking and large way.
3: Yeah, the, the, like the Bears went after this guy. This was like a guy they really wanted that they targeted, you know. And, and they were—I remember them talking about how he did all the little things right, and yeah. like that was the type of teammate that they wanted around here and stuff. I
1: Dave Taub, the, like, the special teams coach, Dave Taub, loved the guy, captain of the uh, the punt coverage team.
3: Oh, he was phenomenal down there. I mean, obviously, that's what the first of all. How does the Bears get over the fact that this they have to the deal with this as a team? They're going to miss him on kick coverage, big time. I mean, the guy made plays on kick coverage constantly. But now we know why. He was all hyped up, goofed up on Gop. Heck, if, he, if you think you're a freaking missile and you only got to play 10 plays yeah. a game. I don't hey, know. There's
1: Rolling there's Meadows, that. Jim, someone who's dealing with it at that high of a level, allegedly, uh, does is it possible that they're so high up there, they're, they are they're actually smart enough not to use? The lower level guy, the seller, probably a user, but someone like Sam Hurd, I'm just throwing it out there. At the level that he's buying and selling, possible he's not a user and strictly it's all business.
3: No, no, most of
4: the time it would be. I think in but, this case here it's all business because he, you know, the bear players being affected. You know, you're training from, let's say, July August. You know, you would notice something. All ball players, regardless okay. of what sport, they would notice something about a athlete behind the scenes. And like, like any other professional organization, you know, I won't say there's a cover-up, but you know they're protecting themselves, and they're also protecting the player because everything is alleged. How am I doing with my alleges? I have a couple
1: more left? You've got six left. i You're got fine. six. Okay, yeah. okay. good. Uh, <laughs> Show's over at 11 o'clock. Pace yourself. <laughs> I certainly <have. laughs> Yeah. So, all right, uh, so Big Dog, uh, Jimmy, kind of agreeing with me, I I'd almost anticipate that the kids himself may be not doing drugs. I don't know. Uh, no, Obviously, we don't you-
3: know. That that happens a lot when you're talking about guys that are trying to become uh, drug czars, drug kingpins and stuff. Well, most of the time they're not doing it. But then again, you see guys that are making decisions that are so dumb like Sam Hurd is making. A lot of times, decision-making of, hey, I'll I'll have free cocaine the rest of my life if I do this. Mm You know, So I'm not ruling anything out, and I'm not assuming that he's doing it either. But... uh, Bad decisions don't always mean that you're a drug addict. Let's let, let's face it. But.
4: Right. Uh, the other thing I'm thinking about is you know we got Sam from Dallas, so I wonder how the Dallas influence will be looked at from the uh, from the Fed standpoint to see uh, what kind of connections he had down there. So I yeah, think he- I think this is kind of a, a, a creeping thing that is going to be going on for another next couple of weeks until the uh, Feds can kind of let's say. Uh, set their goals and, and, and scope out the, the particular project or this this particular event.
3: Well, if there's any type of conspiratory type deal going on right here, if there's, if, and obviously there probably will be, but if it's on his end, that's going to be, he grew up in San Antonio, so he'll have connections in Texas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that if, you know, if there is a drug ring that he was trying to create here, somebody in Texas is going to be involved in it. Who knows if and they have s- anything to do with the Cowboys.
1: Sadly, Big Dog, let us not forget, he played his college football second all-time leading receiver at an institution. Uh, you know, we probably bleed the Illini Orange and maybe Northwestern Purple first, but right behind it we've been longtime supporters and fans of Northern Illinois. Illinois University Husky football, and sadly it's a uh, definitive black mark on Northern Illinois University as well.
3: Well, no, uh, we can't say that. What if the guy was totally straight the whole entire time he was at Northern Illinois oh, and then right. goes to Dallas well, and then uh, all of a sudden he's uh, got some money and he runs into a little uh, hot chick and gives him some cocaine? Next thing you know, he, he thinks he's a baller. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, Coach? So you just let, let's not assume that he Good was uh, a turd when he was at Northern Illinois. Good
1: point. I will change it to de- from definitive to possible <laughs> slash <laughs> alleged. Probable. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saving. I got a oh. few alleges still to come. Now, sadly, we are restricted, Big Dog, as you well know, to a one-hour sports talk show here, so we can't delve deep into it. But uh, my guess is there'll be plenty of time to be talking about Sam Hurd and, uh, the stories and the tentacles that will reach out from this particular, uh, incident. So, uh, but we got other stuff to get to today. We got to move on a little bit again under the restrictions of a one-hour show, okay? Yes. And don't forget, we got to play Beat the Smos today.
3: I've got I've got two college games, and I am going to have to ask David Olson about the lines of some of these pro games because they're everywhere. I can, you you guys in your pro picks, this is ridiculous. Thank God there's still some bowl games left.
1: Yep, you got the Potato Bowl, the New Mexico Bowl, and the New Orleans Bowl. Three big bowl games coming up this weekend, and don't forget tonight. Don't forget tonight is Wisconsin Whitewater taking on Mountain Union, the Division Three championship. I think it's the like the. 76 consecutive time those two teams play, they're always there
3: in the championship game. I
1: don't, I don't know what Mountain Union does. Maybe it's a Sam Hurd connection, but it's unbelievable. Every year, 14 0, we're in the championship.
3: Mountain Union still runs the same exact defensive philosophy that they did back in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, so that's why I love watching it because I like, I know exactly what they're doing because I played that defense at McMurray. So it's kind of cool. Not sure, Mountain but is- wasn't
1: your dorm room sophomore year at McMurray College nicknamed Mountain Union?
3: Uh, yeah, believe it or not, Coach, yes, and too bad I, I didn't have to spend too much time in that room. <laughs> it
1: had nothing to do with the uh, University of the Football Program, huh? No,
3: no, it, it did not. It did not. I, I was a little, you know, Wisconsin Whitewater, I've watched both these teams play this year. Yeah. Wisconsin Whitewater is going to win by – they're going to win. Wow. They're going to score 50 points.
2: Wow.
3: I don't know how much Martin is going to be able to move the ball. Okay. But I do know that Wisconsin Whitewater is going – it's, it's ridiculous
1: watching that team play, though. Uh, you, awesome. can, you can make that uh, one of your beat the Schmoes football predictions, but that's coming up in a little bit. I remind our listeners, the big dog coming off a 3-0 in week. Now, David Olson, our producer, has been unbelievable, one of the greatest years in total we've ever had. And, again, we picked the games against the point spread, but you're coming off your first dismal weekend. So we got to see if... Uh, He's
0: right and afraid, the first
1: 0-3 of the season. Which is it's impressive unto itself, but... A little bit of a uh, squeezeage pressure, Big Dog, You've known David Olson via the telecommunicative phone lines. Some guys handle pressure and uh, bounce back. Others, the pressure starts to squeeze. They deflate and fold. What do you think happens to David Olson on his picks this week? He
3: should well. He should be fine. Think about it. He's right now picking at a two-to-one clip. Even if he goes over for this week. If he goes 0-3 this week, he's still picking at a 62.5% clip. Right, so he's, he's so playing he doesn't with, have anything to worry about.
1: He's playing with okay. house money, no pressure.
3: So he can he go 1-5 the next two weeks, he'll be over 60% for the year, okay? Uh, Rolling
1: Meadows, Jim, thought I was for real. You, you don't understand that this. this show is deeply rooted in sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Yes. It uh, is. All right. So the beat the smoke football predictions coming up. Some other uh, quick little news and notes to get to in the world of sports. I'll let Rolling Meadows Jim bring up a big one, but uh, real quick while we're on college football, we should mention that Mike Gundy from Oklahoma State was the coach of the year, big dog, and I think that's a pretty good choice. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, there's there's a couple really good people that you could have nominated for that. Obviously, you know, like Les Miles, Mike Gundy uh, would be way up on top of the list. Uh, Michael London of Virginia. I mean that team was the, the people were like are they going to win a game this year and they're going to a bowl game playing Auburn. I mean you could have given it to him too. So there, there was a bunch of really good choices around here. But I, Mike Honey didn't like he, he was a coach had to deal with a team losing a football game after uh, someone in their sports yep. community had died that day. Well they're on the road finding this out. You know that I don't know that he deserves the coach of the year. Mm-hmm. He's a great. Team.
1: All right, real quick. Monday night, um, Monday night, Thursday night football. Last night, we were not helped by the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Atlanta Falcons did beat the Jaguars forty-one to fourteen, and uh, that's a definitive setback to the Chicago Bear playoff hope. But the Falcons—I uh, didn't see the game, dog—but they blew out the Jaguars forty-one to fourteen.
3: Yeah, we were, we were treating the Jaguars at, at the at the den last night like they were the home team, and we all stayed through, all the way through, hoping that they can pull out a comeback because you know, we still believe the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl this year, Coach. So last night was Friday. And we were we were disappointed when uh, in the fourth quarter when they were down forty-one-zero, they couldn't come mount come comeback.
1: Yeah, I'm amazed at the sentiment, the negative sentiment of the Bear fans. You know, where it's like you know, it sounds like listening to the sports talk radio and some of the media people that we've got like a five percent chance of making the playoffs. Ah, we're pretty much done. You know, it's it's going to take a miracle for us. It, what? We're one game back. Like yeah, the, the miracle <laughs> is we beat Seattle, and all of a sudden we're right back in the playoff. Hunt. I, I'm, I'm surprised. Maybe some of it has to do with Cutler's not quarterback, and we're never going to win with Caleb. But if you forget about that point and just look at the records, okay, we're behind yeah. the eight ball a little bit. But, I mean, come on, three games to go, one game back. There's still plenty of opportunities.
3: No, uh, le- legitimately, four or five weeks ago we were talking about how Professional. This team was playing how well they were playing a game of football. That's why I haven't given up on, on the season. It wasn't isn't it just the injuries and all that stuff. They were playing at such a high level. I, this has turned into the worst Bears season that I could remember in years, Coach. Because if they don't make it, the idea when they were seven and three and the break right before Johnny Knox slipped on that the pass route, the Bears were playing at a level we hadn't seen them play in decades. And that's, that's no, I'm not over exaggerating it. We talk about they were actually playing football when you would third and ten, threw the ball at least eleven yards down the field. Hmm. They're blitzing the quarterback. They're hitting them. Oh, when they when they have the lead, they don't do that anymore. They don't go to free event, They keep on blitzing and hitting the quarterback. Obviously, that changed against Tebow. And then I, was, I mean that's why it has really been one of the most disappointing seasons up to this point. I can't imagine a four-week swing that I've had like this as a Bears fan okay. ever. Where I was so proud to be a Bears fan, now I'm just like, are you kidding me? We're getting now we're getting players arrested for cocaine charges.
4: Joe, if you remember, we had a five-game winning streak. We were averaging, and from a an old-time Chicago Bears fan from the 50s going forward, we were averaging 33 points a game. That is incredible. Just to, just to talk about 33 points a game you're averaging as a Chicago Bear professional football team
3: that is incredible yeah yeah, because well so if you've been a fan since the 50s jim now you know like in the 30s and 40s the bears used to score the most points in the nfl they were the high flyer but since you've been a bears fan they they beat people 14 to 10 Uh,
4: that is is the famous 1963 score uh the bears the bears over the
3: new york giants uh, that's why I always use that school, score because when they beat up Y A Tittle that day, so I would, yeah. I would just say that for some reason that score.
4: I think it was December 26th or December
1: 27th. I was at that game.
4: It was a really a cold, frigid day, below zero, and yep. and the word
1: windchill wasn't even invented at the time. Yep. I was a seven year old kid. My dad took me to the uh, the game champion. <gasps> I still have memories of that. Wow.
3: So you never told me that. And- oh yeah,
1: I think it's oh, over the ten years we've been on, it's come up a couple of times, Big Dog. but I I still uh, not. Tremendous memories, but I do remember being there.
3: Without a doubt, the last NFL championship won in the city of Chicago. Mm -hmm. In the city I met, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. Because it's never going to happen again. Because we're never going to get a Super Bowl in the city of Chicago. Unless the earth really does turn on its axis. People are worried that it might.
4: Are you saying we're never going to go back to Wrigley Field and play football there?
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That that, that was awesome last week. I, I mean, last year, I was so glad Illinois Northwestern did that. I know we're never doing it again. No, it'll never no, happen no, again. No, for no. you're
1: forgetting. In 2017, the Ricketts will uh, have domed <laughs> Wrigley Field. It's all part of their takeover of the Wrigley Field area. But uh, Big Dog, I no, I, I envision a domed Wrigley Field by 2017.
3: No, it's funny that you say that because if you put a massive after that vision, arch, I've got
1: to call Sam Hurt.
3: <laughs> you got to put a massive arch over Wrigley Field. You got to start it. You got to go down Kenmore, but you got to start it like all the way down at like 35. 35- Hundred North, like and then like right around Cornelia. Yeah, I'm telling you, Coach, you're right. You can dome the whole area. Off. <laughs> you, you, you have to pay like twenty bucks just to get into Wrigleyville so. before they start raping you with money.
4: Would that include parking?
3: <laughs> oh, absolutely not. What's yeah. wrong with that? Yeah. Of course yeah. not.
1: You know what? We're we're laughing about it. Meanwhile, someone in the Ricketts family's taking notes right now. Hey, not a bad idea. Garage yeah, right outside. Clear it out. Yeah. <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Oh, goodness. Stranger things have happened. 888-463-6748. The phone number is the Big Dog and the coach joined today. Joined today by Rolling Meadows, Jim and Bensonville. Tony, Big Dog, I met Bensonville, Tony, about 3.5 minutes before the show, (laughs) but just the way Tony is sitting there. And keep in mind, his name is Tony. And, you know, he's attempting to laugh at a little bit of the humor of the show, but for the most part, he's got the arms crossed. He's keeping quiet. I'm a little worried there is a possible chance. I'm just saying that I might not be talking to you on Monday show.
2: Be careful.
3: Okay, so I, I, I won't even uh, elaborate on that subject. In case, in case something happens, I don't want to get in trouble. after yeah.
1: yeah. You know, if this is our last show, boy, boy does that put pressure on my beat the schmo
2: football picks?
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely will. It but I, last... I have a serious question for Tony.
2: <laughs> yes, sir.
3: Now, when I was when I was in high school, my my high school football coach was my American history teacher, Uh-oh. Pete the Hall of Fame high school football coach. And he told me that the reason why so many people in America are called Tony, yet there's nobody named Tony in Italy, is because when these guys would come off, these Italians would come off the boat and have a sign that said 2NY. <laughs> and they'd say, hey, Tony, i helped you out. And then, so all of a sudden, all these Italian immigrants, they just, their names were Tony, and then the last name was where the city they were from
2: back no, then. That, now that's not true. It what happened is when they were on Ellis Island they used uh-huh. to write T O N Y to New York on their uh-huh. foreheads <laughs> and then they just assumed that was their name.
3: Oh so it wasn't they didn't hold a sign it was written on their foreheads. Yes it was really so much better than I thought it was. <laughs> oh man.
1: See? once again, Big Dog, this show becomes entertaining and informative. Be sure to tune in for Monday's show where we break down the name Chuck and how that directs. Scintillating sports talk radio. Joe, uh, Joe uh, you- Tony, Jim Jim says he's been following the Bears since 1950. How about yourself? Are you a long-time Bears fan?
2: No, I'm actually a Green Bay fan. <laughs>
1: From, but you grew up in Chicago? I grew up in
2: oh, Chicago. No, well, I was a Cardinal happen? fan back in those days. So how yeah, were. that's what
3: happened. Everybody that was a Cardinal fan, Coach, when the Cardinals wised up and realized they'd never win in Chicago and moved to St. Louis, everybody became a Packer fan that was a Cardinal fan. They refused to be Bear fan. I don't know the about that's everyone.
1: Not bad <laughs> was. Interesting. I was not aware of that. So even though growing up in Chicago... Because we lost the Cardinals, they got mad at the Bears, and then you become a Packers fan? I'm not quite sure I get that.
2: I never actually enjoyed the Bears management. I never was a big George Hallis fan. And actually, Mike McCaskey really turned me off also. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I understand. I didn't have the option. I was supposed to be a Bears fan. It was drilled into me. I had no choice. Okay, but if I had an option of, a Mike McCaskey-owned team or a non-Mike McCaskey-owned team, I might have flipped.
1: And I think you you and about 96% of the Chicago voting public. Tony, let me ask you, if we could go back in time, if we could put the two teams together, age-old sports question, we'll never know the answer. But the great Vince Lombardi teams, Bart Starr, Paul Horning, Jimmy Taylor, Jerry Kramer, the old line all that good stuff, those teams against this year's Green Bay Packer team, led by Aaron mm. Rodgers,
2: who wins? Mm. You know, I... I never was in favor of comparing teams yeah, from different hard. eras um they're just so different uh, both teams are exceptional. you know the players on both teams are exceptional to uh try to decide who would win a game like that uh, I don't think I could do it
3: right. you, you know don't like to throw in there guys I want nobody ever considers this when the options go up. Well, how about this this two thousand and eleven Packers? What if they had to go back and play like it was 1966? They have to go back in time, and all of a sudden they're playing in an era in football where offensive linemen can't put their hands yeah. out and grab the – you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, just but neither. Yeah. I'm just not saying which team is better, but that's like yeah. – people need to consider that the game is played completely and totally yeah. different than it was 45 yeah. years I, ago. I, I mean, s- like. 180 degrees difference.
1: I still think the Lombardi Packer teams, the ones that won the first couple of Super Bowls, if nothing else, there, uh, you know, people talk about, uh, you know, Horning and, and Taylor and Bart Starr and Carol Day, or Boy Dowler, the great receiver. But it was their defense It was really awesome. And this Green Bay Packer team, you know, good defense. I would almost say underrated. Only that people are looking to pick on something and they say the defense isn't great. But that, that this year's defense could not even
3: come close. To I, the agree. Teams.
2: I agree with that. Yeah. But I think we, we again, say you, that, and then,
3: but could the Green Bay defense throw six defensive backs on the field when the Aaron Rodgers yes. led Packers go four wide and just That's a good point. completely stretch out? Back then yeah, there, there was no
1: such thing as one. they didn't even under, they didn't they, nobody played the five defensive backs, six <laughs> defensive
3: backs That's sets. my point. That's exactly my Very point. Interesting.
2: Also I think you have to judge teams by their own era. So mm-hmm. we'll judge this Green Bay team in the next year or two. Uh, Against their contemporaries, and then I com- go ahead.
3: I completely agree with what you, with exactly what you're saying. How they? Comp- that's why when people would tell me Ron Santo didn't belong in the Hall of Fame because his numbers were only really good, but like, he played in the 1960s when every single pitching staff in baseball had two guys with ERAs below three. Every you know what I mean? every, the whole the league ERA was like 3.5 for the whole entire decade. Now it's like 4.8. You know how much? That's that's what, So when you compare the Packers of '66 to the Packers of 2011, like how dominant were they to the league? Well, were the '66 Packers that much more dominant than everybody else as the 2011 Packers have been so that's, far? I, I don't think so. But I really that's, don't, you're I right don't know what, in the
1: fact that's f- that that's probably the best way to compare it because you can't match up uh, generations. But how dominant were they in their? Time I do remember as about a 14 year old kid, Big Doe, one Halloween I did dress up as Ray Nitschke and <laughs> went 66. trick or treat. Did not go well for me. That's the scariest costume I've ever heard of. Yeah. I thought, you know, it sounded good in theory, but I don't want to get into the details. But uh, my social life the rest of the school year was not very good. All right. Yeah. Joe. Moving along. Now, Jim, you got one note to bring. Uh, big oh. Dog's a big Illinois okay. fan. One uh, off that's... the uh, football note, and then we're going to officially get into our football Friday, beat the Schmo football picks. Uh, we'll let Tony and Jim make some picks. Big Dog will make another one of his award-winning selections. Two, we'll break down a little bit of the Bears in Seattle. Not Sam Hurd, but actually who might win the game. But, Jimmy, some big news.
4: Joe, when you were at the yeah. Den last night, uh, when you lost interest in the football game, did you? Uh, were you able to uh, watch a little bit of the volleyball mm-hmm. game last night?
3: No, I I did not. Uh, Illinois was taking on USC yesterday, and please tell me uh, who ended up winning.
4: Well, uh, the good news is the state of Illinois is going to be playing for an
3: NCAA championship
4: tomorrow night. Heck,
1: yeah.
4: (laughs) They'll be taking on UCLA.
3: Heck, yeah. Never heard of
4: them. The semifinal game was outstanding last night. USC, uh, USC won the first one. Illinois won the second and third one. Uh, USC won the fourth game, so they had to go into a tiebreaker, which changes a little bit. Uh, they only play up to fifteen in, in the uh, in the tiebreaker. So you got a game, game
1: five, five game to five. advance to the championship. Fifteen points, and don't forget now, every point counts. Every so, yes, it's not, you yes. Have to, so Jimmy, you were watching the pressure on those players had to be incredible at that point. It was
4: fantastic. Um, it was basically nine to nine going uh, tied, and then Illinois basically ran off six straight points. Wow.
3: Um, was, was the rejection into the USC girl's face during the 6-0 run to seal it off?
4: Yes. Yes. Oh I um, Illinois has, I, I believe, I caught they had a uh, a lady who's six six, and she was she happened at a time when he was positioned at the right place in the net, and she was just blocking all their all their slams, and turning them into either a points or into a rally in which. We got the ball back and we slammed them, and it was it was just incredible. And just to show you how wonderful of a game it was, the the last point t- took probably in reality maybe about about thirty seconds, but from a spectator standpoint, it lasted like five minutes. It was uh-huh. just thrilling, just to see the girls go out there and bust their butts uh, and try to think, uh, try to win the ball game. It, from both
1: sides. It was just sensational. I was watching the Republican debate, and I could have switched over to ESPN 2 and
3: called Illinois Volleyball. I totally forgot that was on, and that, sometimes that happens okay. when you get, like, 50 people in the house who are stuff because everybody missed it the next thing you know. I, no I totally forgot. Totally so
4: forgot so, so 7.30 tomorrow night, ESPN, I believe it's on the ace as opposed to the deuce, but
1: 1 and 2, it's, it's on. It's on, it's on uh, 2, ESPN 2. Okay. 7.30 on Saturday night. Big dog, if I would have switched back and forth. Between the volleyball and the debates, you know the way my dreams go? <laughs> uh-huh. Are you, you know where I'm going here? I would have woke up in the middle of the night and probably pictured like Newt Gingrich wearing one of those short shorts and women's volleyball. <laughs> so maybe it was a good thing I didn't switch back and forth. Now, this is unbelievable, Doug. I'm reading my paper this morning, okay? And, you know, the paper that's delivered on your morning doorstep a lot of times does not have the late results, right? Yes. Okay. You, know, you that, need a five-star paper is what you need, Coach. No, no, I, I'm not complaining about that. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm shocked people complain, about. I'm amazed that an event can take place at 10 o'clock, finish at 10 o'clock at night, and
2: 11, some 15. writer
1: can write a story. 11.15. Huh? 11.15. 11.15. You know, that late, and, and five, six hours later, a complete, finished newspaper is delivered to my doorstep? People complain about the post office. Ah, oh, you know, the mail takes... I, I, I think the post office is unbelievable. You mail a letter, (laughs) two or three days later, somebody in California gets it. I give absolute credit to the post office. But I'm reading the page. So sometimes they won't have the late score in, and sometimes they do. But this one was unbelievable. Illinois volleyball. Not even a story. But here's the score. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. All right, Southern Cal, game one, 27-25. Game two, again, no story, just scores. Illinois, 25. Southern Cal, 18. My suspense is building up as I'm reading it. Game three, Illinois, 25. Southern Cal, 22. Game four, Southern Cal, 25. Illinois, 18. Game five, two to two. Find your late scores on the next edition. <laughs> it took me to, it took me to game five at two to two and they cut off. I was like, oh, and then Jimmy informed me, uh, very pleasantly informed me that, uh, the fight in the line I won. So congratulations to them. And, um, I'm sure UCLA is a power.
3: Yeah, I'm sure they are. UCLA is good at everything besides men's football. I'm sure they'd be awesome at women's football if they had it.
1: <laughs> well, I believe their women's golf team is struggling, but that's a whole different story.
3: That's a, that, that is, without question, one of the great powerhouse uh, athletic programs in America, UCLA. Seriously, it is. Yeah.
1: University of California at Los Angeles. Well, Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, let's get into some football, though. We're going to make our uh, Beat the Schmoes football picks, but of course, here in Chicago, we're concentrating on the Bears in Seattle. Let's take away the whole Sam Hurd. I guess you got to look at its mental effect on the team and the fact that it hurts our special teams a little bit, but uh, we talked about it yesterday. Seattle coming into town on a hot streak, nothing to lose. They've won four out of five. Marshawn Lynch is running unbelievably, and you know what? The quarterback that everybody made fun of, Tavares Jackson, uh, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but Tavares Jackson played pretty solid football. What do you see happening on Sunday?
3: Um, I'm, I'm I have no idea, Coach. I, I've been really good at, at at being like how like a barometer of how the Bears are going to play the the coming up week. I have no question. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm, this whole Sam hurt thing has thrown me off. Not only was Lovey Smith devastated. If you I know we just brought that up, but you asked me how the Bears are going to play. Lance Briggs when he was on, it being interviewed yesterday it was like he was it wasn't even there. It was like he was hollow. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like they're asking questions about stuff and it's, he couldn't even answer him, and I was like, the, "The guy can't even focus. He's so devastated about what just happened with his teammate."
1: What would Las Vegas? Something as dramatic as this would this a the line, uh, affect the point spread, or b is it big enough where they put it to an off position?
3: The line went from four and a half to three and a half. It went down one day, so the Bears went from a four and a half favorite to a three and a half point favorite in one day. Huh? Interesting.
1: Rolling Meadows Jim, longtime Bear fan since 19- I don't know how you could follow him since the 1950s when you look like you weren't born since the late 60s. Young man like yourself. But it's uh, drugs. Huh? <laughs> it's drugs. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. It's five. That's five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think? Um,
4: Bears? Oh th- Yeah, Bears Bears have to. There's no question about it. But if the game is going to be rock them, em, Uh It's going to go down to a Lovey Smith decision, and hopefully he's trying to win the ball game as opposed to managing the ball game. Right. There's a difference in the two. So, and we saw him manage the ball game last week and we saw what happened. So mm-hmm. I I prefer Lovey trying to win the ball game this time.
1: Interesting. All right. Uh Benson your Packers are playing the Chiefs and uh you got any thought? Living here in Chicago, you're inundated with the Bear paraphernalia. What do you think? Bad choice of words, by the way.
2: I would not take uh, the Bears, even with the three points. The Bears, even before the whole Sam Hurd thing, you just think with the quarterback problems? Exactly. Running back problems, quarterback problems. S- the defense has carried them all year. How, how many times can they carry them? Spoken like a true Green Bay Packer fan.
1: <laughs> Wait, let me ask you this. Would, do you hope in at least a little bit of way the Packers lose one game just to take the pressure off?
2: No. Okay. No. no. I'd love to see them go undefeated. Yeah. Actually, a stupid question. <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't think it is. It's the fact.
4: I think us Chicago fans, especially, are tired of seeing the '72 Miami team sit back and light a cigar, or light a cigar during the uh, season when the last team that was undefeated gets mm-hmm. defeated. I'm tired of seeing that. Let's move on in life.
1: I hear you. I, I've never rooted against the Packers. In fact, I've always, uh, obviously, the Bears first. Yeah. But I've always appreciated the Green Bay Packers for a, kind of a you know throwback professional football franchise. First of all, it's the only team they've got. You know, it's owned, theoretically, by the folks in the city. It's, you know, Blue Cowards, Yeah, I've, I've never been one of those Bear fans that hated the Packers, except for the couple years Well, when Charles Martin and Forrest
2: Gregg were doing their yeah. thing. Well, it's a state team, though. I mean, it isn't just a Green Bay team. Yeah. It's the whole state of Wisconsin. You can go anywhere, and there'll be Packers stuff mm-hmm. on barns and houses and cars.
1: Big Dog, how do you see Marion Barber coming back? I don't know if you saw his press conference yesterday. Boy, that was a scintillating interview.
3: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that,
1: that, yeah. He had to do it, right? The, they were going to fine him?
3: Yeah. They, they, uh, <laughs> uh, the Bears should fine him. Seriously. <laughs> he for, him the fine. They he should, should fine him, him for him
1: doing the, the interview.
3: Yeah. yeah. He should just hand some money to charity. Oh, I'm sorry. He already gave away <laughs> stuff to charity. That was the Broncos past Sunday. Why do you help somebody that, that aren't millionaires?
1: His interview actually made the Lovey Smith press conference seem exciting, which, which believe me, is a difficult thing to do. But beyond, beyond his interview, how do you see Marion Barber bouncing back as a running back? Because we're going to need him, obviously, with Forte out.
3: If you, he'll be the second best running back on the field, because he's not as good as Marshawn Lynch, I tell you that much. Even though he really looks just the same. But uh, he's gonna. You know what? He's decent, coach. He'll have a good game. He's gonna. If you if you saw how he was running and how he was trying to play after he went out of bounds, he made the dive and catch. He was really running hard. Too bad he forgot the football yeah. on the on the play that cost the Bears the game. I, I see him having a great football yeah. game this Sunday. His oh, touchdown great.
1: touchdown run was a great. Uh, you know, it was meant to go up the middle. He bounced it outside and uh, sprinted into the end zone. That was a very nice run. People forget about that last thing before we make our picks, dog. Um, I read where Mike Martz is going to take the reins off of Caleb Haney a little bit. Instead of being so conservative, you know, run, run, pass on, third down, they're going to let it all hang out a little bit more with Caleb Haney, give him a little bit more of the play selection that Jake Cutler might. Good thing, bad thing, or somewhere in the vast in between?
3: You know exactly where I felt on this. If you have a young quarterback, if you expect him to just have your team run the ball and then all of a sudden bail you out on third and long... You're going to get your ass handed to you week in and week out in the NFL. You have to let the kid throw on first down every once in a while so he gets a little bit of confidence. And trust me, throwing on first and 10 in the NFL is a heck of a lot easier than throwing on third and 11. And that's what the Bears have been in the last couple weeks. And I'm not saying let it all hang out, and this isn't the greatest show on turf. But if you go out in the NFL and try to beat somebody 10 nothing, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Okay, you've got to score some points. And you got to let your quarterback make plays before he is forced to make plays. Okay, that's, that's
1: completely, completely agree. Not just throw the ball, but you know, not little three and four yard conservative dink passes, but you know, let him fire the ball downfield. Absolutely. Yeah, All right, I mean, we're, gonna, going, we're
3: going to start the game off with a screen, coach. Yeah, because they, they haven't established anything downfield. Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. I don't
1: want to. 888 463 we got a full house here today on the uh, two guys at a mic show, Big Dog and the Coach, at your service right up until 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock is rapidly approaching, Dog. So all of our female fans out there highly anticipating your predictions and also... What location you'll be hanging out watching the games so our female stalkers can find you?
3: Uh, I'll be with Lily the Lilac. That's disappointing. Having dinner tonight watching uh, Whitewater and Mount Union.
1: <laughs> Lily, Lily oh. the Lilac, Jim, is uh, Joel's new lady friend. Oh. It's, it's definitely okay. moved to a stage two level of seriousness and uh, a romantic dinner watching Mount Union against Wisconsin-Whitewater.
3: No, Whitewater-Mount Union. That's how you have to say it, Coach.
1: Wow.
4: Joe, whatever happened to Candy Cane?
3: I have no idea what that is. <laughs>
4: yes, you do. Good job. Good, good response, Joe.
3: I have no idea. She listens to the program, so I don't
0: want any bad <laughs>
1: Jim, I remind you, via the Internet now, unlike our other radio show, via the Internet, this show and your comments are being heard in seven different continents and also parts of Naperville and Glen Ellyn.
2: Wow. So be, so
1: be careful. What about Berwyn? Uh, I don't think we get out to there. Do they have internet in Berwyn? <laughs> yeah, still not there yet. They're expecting it by next year. All right, Big Dog. Predictions, my friend?
3: Oh, I, I have to go first? Oh, you okay, don't have uh, to. I'll do, I'll, do first, I'll do the first two college games. Just, I'm a little confused about all the, the the pro point spreads. I was hoping you guys would pick, and then I would well, use your point oh, spread okay. off. Well, we can do Is that. You want, you want to do that? Yeah, that's what I want to do.
1: All right. David Olson, first or second? I'll go second. Okay. And, uh, Jimmy and Tony, if you guys want to make picks, you can do so, but we're going to have to go pretty rapid. All right. Uh, Tony's not going to like this one. I swear to you, I had it circled before he came in. And again, this might be my final show, so if it is, I don't know Tony that well. I want to thank everybody for listening the past couple of years. <laughs> but, uh, at Kansas City Chiefs, been that kind of a year, big dog. I'm going to predict, oh, here's my theory too. KC with a brand new coach, right? Yes. Yeah, Romeo cremel takes yes. over the KC Chiefs. They're going to have a little bump. I don't know New if they're going to win Packers by 13.5 at Kansas City. I think it's going to be an inspired Kansas City Chiefs team. Some of the best football fans in the world hang out at Arrowhead Stadium. I'm taken the Chiefs plus the 13 over the Packers. Bears, only the second time all year, guys, that I've used the Bears and beat the Schmoes. But I'm wow. taking the Bears over Seattle. I'm yep. predicting a breakout game, as I did last week for Caleb Haney. I was wrong last week. Let's not... Let's hope I'm not wrong again. Bears big over Seattle. I'll give up the three-and-a-half. Jets, eight-and-five, big dog, against the Eagles, five-and-eight. And the Eagles are the favorite by three-and-a-half. you surprised with that?
3: Uh, yeah, I am. And right when I saw that, I was like, they must know something. Yep,
1: which is exactly – I learned this from you. I learned mm-hmm. a lot of things from you, some of them legal, some of them illegal. But uh, this is one of... And I'm going to go with your theory and take the Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. – I think they've responded well, finally. It's a little bit late, but I think they're going to beat the Jets, and I will uh, yeah. give up the three points at home. Those are my three games. All right, David
0: Olsen. I'll start off by taking the Jets in that game. Smart ass. Ooh.
3: Seriously? See, what, he, what
1: he does, Jim, is one game every – the game he's between, Yes, whatever I pick, he goes the opposite way. Well –
3: it's worked
0: out
1: well for him. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Which makes him even more. Of a
0: uh, Cincinnati's favorite, right six and a half over St. Louis. At St. Louis, uh, this is for the playoffs, so I'm taking the Bengals. You you've been riding the Bengal
1: bandwagon a lot this year. A lot this okay. year, yeah. I love that
3: game. By the way, the the, the the St. Louis Rams right now defensively are about as bad as any team in in the NFL.
1: The St. Louis Rams football. Uh, what they're selling in the the uh, not the bookstore, but you know the Memorabilia room. The motto for St. Louis Rams football is, How about them Cardinals? That's that's how bad a football season has been. I got to hire Jim more often in the studio here.
4: Could that be Chicago Cardinals?
1: (laughs) All right. uh, Game three, David.
0: Game three. New England favored by seven at Denver. Uh oh. Don't take Denver. Oh! Taking Denver. Wow!
1: Could be. How much was that, by the way? Seven. Okay. Okay. Denver plus the seven against New England. That's pretty good pick, actually. Mm. Uh, by the way, in the Republican debates yesterday, Rick Perry pulled off the Tebow thing. He compared himself to Tim Tebow.
2: Wow. <laughs> you know,
1: where, you know, nobody says he can do it. He's falling behind. He did the whole Tebow. It was not a not a pretty sight, not a good comparison. All right, big dog. Many of our female fans and one guy named Earl in Bolingbroke are <laughs> anticipating your predictions.
3: Uh- the predictions are going to be really simple and quick, going to bowl games. San Diego State taking on the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana, Lafayette. San Diego State will not be stopped. They're a four-point favorite. It will not be enough. They'll dominate. Uh, the Temple Owls coach. You know, great, by a, the way, the
1: greatest nickname, in my opinion, the greatest nickname in all of sports, the Raging Cajuns.
3: That's pretty Owls. dang good. It's pretty dang good. Now The, the Temple Owls, uh, they've got a great defense. They've got a great running back. They're taking on the Wyoming Cowboys. Wyoming is not that good. They, they kind of like... Smoke and mirrors the way through the season. Temple will definitely get it done. They're a, a six-point favorite. I like them. Imagine now, them. Uh, now, what's, what's going to happen is what's going to happen on Monday next week when the Denver Broncos and New England Patriots have played, coach? It all depends. Like if Tebow wins, everybody's going to say he's the greatest thing ever. If he mm. loses, it's going to be like, oh, he's a loser, now he should go away. And no, that style will never work. You know mm. what's going to happen? I don't know, but I do know that this: is the New England Patriots are going to get it done, and it's the, stop the madness! I'll
1: take the New England
3: <laughs> Patriots minus the seven. Okay. Stop. And, it. and I gotta tell you, I, I do appreciate the fact that we can run the ball, the blah, all that stuff. I am predicting a snowstorm, and then guess what happens with the snow? So you can't rush the passer, and Tom Brady goes and throws for about five billion yards. All
1: right. So San Diego State uh, is that the Potato Bowl, or is that the New Orleans Bowl, or the New Mexico Bowl?
3: Uh, that's, I'm pretty sure that's New Mexico Bowl.
1: Okay. Temple over Wyoming and New England over Denver. Jim or uh, Tony, you got any picks to me? Um, I'll make it real simple: Raiders over the uh, the Detroit team, uh, the Bears. Over, Oakland over
4: Detroit. Over over Detroit. Um, the Bears over Seattle and New England over Denver.
1: New England over Denver. All right. Yeah, you, big dog. You know how I don't know too many things, but I typically have pretty good instinct on what will be the game of the weekend. I do not mm-hmm. want to pick it up my beat the smoke, but I think Oakland, is it Oakland at Detroit? I think no, it is. Detroit. No, Detroit at yeah, yeah, Oakland. I predict that will be the best, most competitive game of the NFL weekend. I like that one. I might even tune in and watch.
3: Well, it's the smallest point spread of all the games this weekend, so right, Las point. Vegas agrees with you. Yep.
1: And I agree with Las Vegas. We'll all live happily ever after. All right. Bensonville, Tony, first time you've heard the show, huh? Yes. It, it is. Thoughts, reactions, uh any advice for the for a lovelorn man it's like fascinating? <laughs> he says fascinating, fascinating. big I I don't think we've ever got fascinating you can, before. <laughs> you can go a lot of ways with fascinating. I'd like to find out where living <laughs> So limbiest, you don't even know though. you've never even seen the, you don't know what the big dog looks like even. I don't. Describe what just listening to him talk.
2: A big burly man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's actually not not big big burly and bald. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Jim from uh, Rolling Meadow Number One. I apologize for holding onto your book for two years.
4: That's okay. Wait until you, you get my bill. And,
1: <laughs> and anybody wants to read a great book, by the way, Double Cross. Absolutely, a tremendous read. Uh, perfect gift for the holidays. Is Oh, it's a wonderful gift, especially for the Italian family. Yeah,
3: yeah. Watch it. Uh, by, by the way, a movie Forget uh, about it. made about uh, Sam Giancana It should be coming out. And uh, a guy that is an executive producer of it is one of the biggest douchebags I've ever met in my life. If I throw that up there.
1: Oh, really? A legend. Oh, yeah. A legend. you got a couple a more legend. legends to use. <laughs> by the way, David Olson, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it's not the Sam G. and story, but coming. Not to a theater near you, but to a television near you will be the Drew Peterson story. Oh yeah,
0: that's right, starring Rob Lowe as Drew yeah. Peterson. You
1: mm-hmm. seen the picture of him?
0: They got he, I did, yeah. They've got the trailer. It's hysterical. <laughs> they, it's. It, I'm turning. I, in is it supposed
1: one. to be hysterical?
0: No, it's no. not. But it's just.
1: <laughs> Channel, it just
0: will be.
4: Channel Two News showed the the trailer during one of. The, uh, I think during the uh, news pro program two nights ago, and like like Dave said, it's hysterical. Uh, Rob Lowe is, you really have to do a double take on Rob Lowe to compare yeah, him to Drew Peterson.
1: They got the look down. I did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I'll, uh, I'll show it to you after the show. It's funny. Okay.
3: I got that Drew Peterson, though. Women are always saying, he's a good-looking dude. I don't see him. What, what do women see in this guy? Huh.
1: It's the bad boy.
3: Is it? The bad I mean, boy, I've boy image. I've had them
1: say
0: no, that. No, 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 no. It, it, it's not that he was the bad boy, Okay. If you've ever been been a regular at a bar, you've seen these guys come in. They're important in the neighborhood. Everybody knows them. And these young girls, because if you notice when he when he met these girls, I mean they were at least 20 years younger than him. And Uh they're impressed about who he knew, what he could do, and the power that he the power that he held. So that's how that's how he drew them in.
1: Interesting, interesting. All right, big dog. There it is. Another award-winning show of the two guys at a mic show. Have a great weekend, my friend. Hopefully. Hopefully I'll talk to you on Monday, but you never know.
3: Bear down, baby, bear down. All
1: right, where are you going to be this weekend? Seriously, any uh, opportunities uh, for our fans to a uh, meet and greet, possibly get a quick grope on a big dog?
3: I'm going downtown now, picking up Lily the Lilac, and I will be holed up in the home all weekend watching football. Okay.
1: Disappointing. Well, one of these days we got to have a meet greet and grope, okay?
3: You, you, people do realize that anybody can stop by the ten whenever you want to. There's many seats available. So your
1: house is open, huh?
3: That's yes, it, guys. All
1: right, from uh, from your to yours and mine, and what the hell am I trying to say? To you and yours, and please keep your hands off mine. Have a great that weekend. Looks, bye. <laughs> bye, Joel. Pleasure talking to you bye, again. Bye. So long. All right, two guys at a mic Show TalkZone.com, signing out. David Olson, great job all week. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday at ten. Don't be late. <laughs>